There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Well, I don't know about you, George, but weekends with the kids and the endless parties and socialising that those tiny humans have. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that it's Monday now because I get to have, like, I'm working, but working is a rest. You know, this weekend I actually had the opposite to you. As so I was watching your stories and I was like, oh my God, like, I know how you feel. Like, that's why at the beginning of the year, it's so good to be like, right, how many parties do you want to go to this year? <laughs> You've got five tokens and I'm not taking you to any more than do? that. Is that what you do? That's really, really clever. Yeah, I mean, I sort of do and I sort of don't. Well, if an invite comes back in like the book bag or whatever and it's like a really not a great time on a Saturday, it's not particularly like one of Axel's good friends, I just don't really say yeah. anything. I just don't tell him that it's happening and we he doesn't go. So do you know what? It was one of his best little mates and they there's like a little, there's a little squad of them. There's six of them and they're so cute. They're all around the same height. They're all quite, quite like big, you know, you know, like a little bit rough, bit wrestle type boys, quite yeah. boisterous and really fun. They're all lovely little energies and they've got a great little crew. So I was quite happy to kind of, um, yeah. you know, facilitate, facilitate it at the same time. <laughs> you are like that's that's like the third one in two and a half weeks I'm like right oh that God. is it I don't, and then Dozer got Dozer did it all because I had my mum here and we've only got one car and then literally yeah. at like 2.30 when he got back from all of it I was like can you go to the supermarket now because we've got barbecue people coming in now and he was like what I was like oh God have I forgot to tell you that sorry <laughs> Off you go. You've had like the opposite of me. Like, <laughs> well, how was yours? Yeah, it was really nice. We went out for dinner on Friday night, which was lovely. In fact, I really think Friday night is the night to go out because oh, you have yeah. the whole weekend, don't you? Like Friday night, we didn't actually have very much to drink, but it, we, you know, it was a later night for us. Then Saturday and Sunday, we had like full days of like not a lot going on. Oh my God, I went to the nail shop on Saturday morning. I never go at the weekend. I usually go in the week. Is it rammed? It wasn't rammed, but it was just the best chat you know like I went in there and I came out like I'd been to a comedy a comedy show that's the only way I can describe it like I had belly laughed for like two and a half hours because of other people talking about their amazing everyone do you know what I think it's I don't know if it's an Essex thing but like all the girls kind of know each other and so they're all talking about all the different people and sharing all these stories the best I was gonna say if you're if you're feeling a bit low this morning 
just head head on down to an Essex nail salon and it'll perk you right up. It really, really will. No, yeah, I loved it. It was so good. I came back and James was like, why are you so happy? I was like, I've just had the best morning ever. Well, from Essex to Chelsea, seamlessly, um, because we're not speaking to somebody from The Only Way is Essex, but we are speaking to somebody on the podcast today who became famous um, and, you know, has probably been in all of our households at some point over the last 11 years. Was it 14 years or 11 years that he's been on the show yeah I mean it's from he's been on it from the very start hasn't he I think it was such an such a brilliant insight into not the Made in Chelsea character who you know we all know and love but actually the man who is soon to become a father and I absolutely loved talking to him about the journey I felt in parts I felt very angry for him um, about you know the hoops that he has to jump through as a gay man trying to have a baby and you know what really needs to be done in this country to, to, to support men who want to have children on their own. I know. And I think we we sort of think, oh, it's great. You know, anyone can have a baby if they want to and all this kind of stuff. And it's not until you have these conversations that you actually realise the hurdles that people have to go, you know, to jump through and mm. the weird, like, rules that are surrounding it that make absolutely no sense and are actually, like, mm. well, it's, disc- it's discrimination against certain, you know, certain mm. people. Yeah, it's... It, it's worrying that, that you know that these things are still there and there doesn't seem to be look like there's going to be much movement on it right now I think it's I think it's a conversation that everybody needs to be part mm. of and it's it's it comes from us you know opening up those discussions speaking to people that we know about it making sure that it's not you know it's not a topic that isn't talked about freely and also as we know like the only way that these things get changed is if we beat the drum loud enough so we're really really passionate about this subject and we're super passionate about this man he's absolutely wonderful um you are going to hear a lot of kind of background noise they were away in Dublin at the time there's a dog in the background it starts off a little bit kind of um what's the word um, chaotic noisier brilliant conversation George let's get into it who are we talking to today I'm sure you've guessed but we are chatting to the incredible Ollie Locke so joining us on the podcast today actor businessman a star of Made in Chelsea uh, soon to be daddy to twins they're on their way today we are talking to the absolutely wonderful Ollie Locke Yay! Yay! Oh, so nice and warm and lovely. Oh, good. Now, normally we say to our guests, how are you? And they moan about the school run they've just been on or, you know, not sleeping. But how are you? Because you actually had fun yesterday and last night. <laughs> you know what? I'm actually fine. I'm, I'm in the back of my mind. I'm very aware that these are the last few weeks of being able to drink an awful lot of drinks and and have a wonderful time so yes I'm aware of that do you know what Ollie I just I disagree that I think I think this is just the start of the aggressive drinking because (laughs) as you know because you've been around a lot of kids parenting and drinking at the same time within reason is much more fun but it makes us a better parent anyway George and I if I've got a glass of red in hand I can handle the kids a little bit better so don't think it's not over Ollie it's not over it's definitely not it's just different not over, yeah. it's just different. <laughs> I think you have to know when your last drink is. I think that's yes. supposed to be the problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me and Dozra have done this classic thing on more than one occasions um, where we get a bit excited and end up having a little bit of a kitchen party, just the two of us. And then we get into bed at like three and then we hear Luna going, hi, mummy. And it's 5.30 and you're like, oh my God, I want to die. It, it does feel like wine is all right. But when people go, oh, should we have a shot? That's probably not the no. best idea. No, 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 no. no. In fact, actually, when... 
when you become a parent, someone should give you like this guidebook which says the suitable drinks, the time that is probably a good idea to start winding down, and yeah, and then how to survive the next day. Because that we should write that, useful. George. Yeah, we should actually. Should write- Maybe that's <laughs> with all ears, I'll guess. Knowing writer. about how to sleep or feed or anything like that. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> drinking, drinking for parents for dummies. You could like, <laughs> yes, do that whole yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Now, Ollie, seriously, talk to us because um, congratulations. It's Thank been you. an amazing journey for you. I, I guess with highs and lows and everything else in between. So how are you feeling right now about the imminent arrivals? Really excited. I can't wait for them to be in my arms. It feels like they're a bit of an imagination right now. It feels like they're kind of, they've, they've been waiting for such a long time to, to come to us. And then suddenly they're nearly here and they're doing beautifully well. Our poor surrogate is doing so beautifully well, but they are both, both babies are growing at the same size as each other as like a, wow. a, a single pregnancy. So she's enormous. Is that is that quite rare when you have twins for that to happen? Yeah. One one baby is often bigger. Yeah. Oh yeah. They they mainly say that the ones generally smaller, but both the boy and the girl are both growing like a single pregnancy. So it's fa- fabulous news. But yeah. it means that she is enormous and slightly more uncomfortable. Oh gosh! And so obviously touched on. You know, you've been on quite a journey to get to this stage. I don't know if you want to just go back and sort of give our listeners a bit of an insight into what you've been through. I guess from like the moment you decided. Yep, we're definitely going on this road. What happened? Well, at that point, there's absolutely no information about IVF or surrogacy, really. There's, you can't, it's incredibly difficult to find. And there are loads of agencies out there that you can go to to try and speak to about how you how you become a surrogate or or the legal implications, etc. So we went for a walk. It was sort of lockdown-y kind of stuff at the very, very, very beginning before lockdown. And we sat there and said, okay, well, how are we going to deal with this? And, and what, how, how do we go about it? So we went on a walk with a friend of ours and who had been through it and discussed a million things that our mind was just exhausted by the end because there's an awful lot of especially the legal stuff's really hard at that point you have to make a decision whether to do it in Britain or go abroad and in Britain right now you're not allowed to see the egg donor's face um right okay and so that's really tough so you have to make that decision to go around a route that's a little bit well much less expensive or you go to the american the mexico the cyprus that that kind of stuff so sorry to sorry to interrupt but is that the same for for example if um i needed to get an egg donor i wouldn't be allowed to see the egg donor's face or is this just for same-sex couples trying to do surrogacy in britain you wouldn't be able to see it you're allowed to see the sperm donor's face i mean what what yeah that's what, that's no what i was gonna say yeah because i'm sure you can you know if you wanted yeah. to get a sperm donor you can go through and you can look at what they look like and we've actually had this discussion before whether yeah. or not that feels right or not so you can't see the egg donor's face at all in britain absolutely wow. not yeah. So you wow. get all the other information? Not all the information. If you go to America, you can basically see what their grand, great-grandparent died of. In Britain, I literally know, uh, I know they're, they've got, I've never said this before, uh, light brown hair, we know. They've got green hazel eyes. She has a, uh, a, a master's in uh, uh, business and an uh, a, a animation degree. That's what I know. Right. And she's a PA okay. right now in Wales. That's all I know. Right. So that is all the information. And she, I know her weight and her height. That's it. Oh, gosh. Okay. So at that point, you thought we're going to go to the States. Yeah. So we contacted Los Angeles uh, egg, egg Clinic. Um, and at that point, you can literally see every bit of information you could possibly imagine. And you see all their photos. We chose this fabulous woman. It was all exciting. Um, she was in Brazil. Uh, we tried to go to America. Couldn't get in because of COVID. So we're like, okay, but we can go to Mexico. So we ended up going to Mexico. 
Um, we made the embryos in, in Mexico, all was great. Uh, and sadly, after a couple of weeks, they did not work. They, there was just, they, they weren't there. But we still had four embryos in, right. um, yeah, four, four embryos in the, uh, in the freezer. So we were like, okay, let's go again. Trying to get them back into Britain, to Britain. Obviously, we'd seen the face of the egg donor, so that's illegal. So we couldn't bring them back into Britain. So we had to fly oh, the embryos God. from Mexico to Cyprus because we couldn't get to Mexico because that then got to the red list. So then we had to go to Cyprus to go and do it. And then we got pregnant. And uh, six weeks later, the babies disappeared. Um, oh, so we were yeah. like, okay, that's not ideal. How, how was that? How was that for you guys? I mean, obviously hopes right up here and then completely shattered. The weird thing about putting your life on camera is we decided because this is such a complex situation, we decided to do this on Maiden Chelsea and do, and we said, if we're going to do this, we can do it properly, properly. So we got the phone call live on camera and I said, whatever happens, just keep rolling. I was like, keep right. rolling. And obviously that was a very raw moment, but it didn't work. And and so we found out on camera and I just basically said, keep rolling. Do what, was your, what was your thinking behind yeah. keep, keeping the camera rolling? Is that, is that f- f- you know, f- f- helping other people, I guess, going through similar yeah. situations? Was it? Yeah. It Knowing is, you, I think that's probably, yeah. Yeah, I guess if you're sharing your life, you feel like this is a really important moment and whatever happens, I guess there's going to be other people in that same situation that will find some sort of comfort, comfort. in the fact mm. that somebody else has gone through it. I think that is that was our, our biggest motive in the world just to keep going because I, reality TV is a weird thing and I, I feel that people now go on Love Island for six minutes to try and get loads of Instagram followers. For me, this is something that... We arrived on reality TV when it wasn't really a thing. Yeah. Tally had been out for six months. That was it. So, and I've been I've been on Main Trust for thirteen years now. Wow! So <gasps> I can't believe that. I know. Don't isn't it weird? Um, however, for me, reality TV is showing the real rawness of what it is and your real lives. Fine. Back in the day, it was me snogging women and having a laugh and trying to get some airtime. When I when I then came out on camera, years, years I went, okay, this is actually helping a lot of people. So I then said to myself, if we can do it, we can do this properly and put the real, real, real raw stuff on camera. And that's what we mm-hmm. continued doing. Little did I know that many years later we'd be going through an IVF journey. And I said, if we're doing this, we're going to do it for the rest of everyone as well that might help them. Wow. So obviously you, the it didn't work when you went to Cyprus. It was So where was your surrogate? Did you have to fly her out to Cyprus? How did you find the surrogate? Because that's obviously different to your egg donor, right? Absolutely right. Yeah. Um, again, very difficult situation. In Britain, you're not allowed to use a surrogate, uh, really. Uh, you are, but it's on the. You're not allowed to do it on the NHS. You're not allowed to solicit. Uh, you're not allowed to advertise to be an egg donor, and you're not allowed to solicit an egg donor. That is illegal. So you have to find it in kind of a grey zone. Luckily, because we were doing it on TV, we got uh, lots of people DM us, um, which is the first and the second surrogate we had. Both was through wow. Instagram. Wow, really? Yeah, literally people message and be like, I'm watching your journey, I'd love to help. Oh my gosh. And how does that conversation, so that, that's a conversation that started from a DM. And then, and then how does that relationship start building? I think at that point you have to, you find out about their life, you see their profile, you see their, they've had to have children before. And you see right. how good they are a mummy, you see their family on, on Instagram, all that kind of stuff. And then you go, okay, this person looks slightly normal. Let's see, let's see if we can then meet up with them. So we went to, brought them to London and we got pissed in Jay Shiki. And, uh, <laughs> of course you did. And we did. I love exactly that. Exactly what we did. Of course you and did. And we sat there and all got along and we laughed and laughed and laughed the entire afternoon. And we put her back on the train 
a bit pissed. I said, make sure there's, you've got money for, for a bottle on the train and have a lovely time. And we anyway, started speaking properly and then got along. And then her, her kids came down with her boyfriend at the time and, and we became a little unit and we realised we wanted to go down this journey together, which is what happened. I'm so interested as to the conversations, you know, during that meeting on why um, a woman you know, would want to do would want to do it because I, I I think in my head I I understand. So talk talk what us did, through that. What did she say? Yeah. What did, yeah. Again, in a slightly different slightly difficult way because we're in the public eye. It was a bit like ah, okay. Why do you want to do this? Mm. Yeah. And also, you've got to remember there is trust on both ways of that. The British law still says that they are allowed to keep the baby if they want to. So, and I am I am also allowed legally right now to say no, no, no. You're seven months pregnant now you can you can keep them I don't want them anymore I'm allowed to do that so again ridiculous laws Um, but right now if our surrogate wants to keep our twins she can and she's here in the UK she's yeah she lives yeah Yeah. up north yeah yeah Um, but yeah she's allowed to do that however so you sit there and you go oh okay there's a there's a mutual trust between both of you why you want to do this so she had offered to be a surrogate for friends of hers that were struggling to have babies in the past and all three of the people she offered ended up getting pregnant naturally. So that's that was great. And I think she had watched our journey and goes, well, I can do this. As I said, she doesn't like, doesn't like being pregnant particularly, yeah. but the idea that she has got her two boys who she couldn't do without they're, that's her they're, they're her absolute babies and she goes if, if someone can't do this why could I not help in any way um Ollie so I spent some time with my um my friend Richard at the weekend he's Swedish and um he's in he's in a, a gay marriage and he they have twins and so him and his husband they have a boy and a girl and they they're both biologically each of theirs yeah. so the girl is yeah is that what you guys are doing again that's quite a difficult conversation but yes we basically put sperm in a thing and see what happens so you've yeah so that's how I so was you like my both did it yeah yeah oh, yeah it's yeah. amazing with a jar. yeah it's a <laughs> Yeah, I've, 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 I've become fairly used to having a, having a wank in, yeah. a, in an office. It's very strange. It's, uh, it's, I've been <laughs> Me too. to do quite a lot. Me too. I'm at work <laughs> now. We're not IVF at that yeah. point. That's just Zoe. Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like to do, guys, after yeah. a couple of That's what Zoe does, yeah. If you wonder what goes on, why she doesn't get home for two hours after There you go, guys. Just wanking yeah, in the office. Why. There you go. <laughs> so you've got your, you found your surrogate. You, everything sort of has has worked, I guess. How did you feel the moment that you found out that the pregnancy had taken and it was going ahead and everything looked like it was going to be okay? So this is our fourth round of IVF. So we have very much discussed the idea that um, everything was everything was perfect and and then it all went down the drain at some point. And so we sit yeah. there and go, okay. So even now we sit there and go, we're we're twenty four weeks. 23 weeks pregnant now and until we get to 28 I think you kind of sit there and you go you still to this moment go "Mm, let's just hold on a sec you try and learn from mistakes don't you and so but we're we're doing the best we possibly can right now we're we're really nearly there mum said my mum says always um the worry only starts now she goes you're never going to stop worrying about your children yeah she goes, I still worry about you now and you're 36 like (laughs) so you don't feel like you've got that like Mm. I mean, I guess you're excited, but you don't. You still have that sort of niggling feeling, I guess. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen in childbirth. You don't know what's happening, whatever. So it's always that slight worry. So although you're incredibly excited and and you're almost euphoric about it, and we're planning everything's sorted, the nursery's nearly done, everything's really getting there. You just want your babies to be okay because they haven't yeah. been in the past, and it's just yeah. that kind of PTSD that, that that things haven't gone well. So although you're excited, it's, there's a whole backslide. And talk to us about. 
um, the the birth and what your sort of ideal would be. You guys going to be there? You know, what happens afterwards? How does that moment play out? If I'm completely honest, at this point, we've thrown money at it to be like, we right. want this to be the best humanly possible for our surrogate, firstly, uh, and also the babies. Um, so we've hired Kate Middleton's gynecologist <laughs> to, right. to do it. <laughs> and we, I was like, let's go. The, uh, they delivered all th- he delivered all three of the babies, Kate's babies. Oh, you've so gone full like, hog. Yeah, wow. you've gone for it. In the Kenston wing in Chelsea Westminster, we're like, let's do everything we possibly can. And, you, and you're going to be there. And we will be there, very much so. She actually, she, she actually said, more than anything, I want you guys to be there. To, uh, oh, amazing. She's... she's an incredible woman and she wants us to live and breathe every moment with her and it, it is extraordinary we've got a whole new family but she wants us to be there literally that the first thing we do is hold those babies yeah so mm, so i wow. guess do you is she having a is she having a c-section so it's planned do you know the date you can like and and will anyone from her side be there or is this very much she's coming to you her, her boyfriend, i think you're only allowed a couple of people in the room so i think the intended parents and we're still called intended parents uh, oh, we're, 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 yeah, I mean, intended parents is a funny thing because we're not even parents until, until another wonderful British law, uh, is that we're not allowed to, uh, we have to adopt our own children six months after we, we, uh, that yeah, she this I know actually. Mm. Yeah. And, this is uh, incredible. And yeah, so if she, she's not married, but had she been married, the babies would have their surname, the man's surname, and he has more rights to the children than we do, uh, her husband. This feels uh, just, it's so, just feels so bizarre, wrong. doesn't I, I, it? Yeah, I want to ask about obviously being being on this journey and very much in the middle of it. What conversations are you having? And is there a side of you that feels that you need to do something about um, you know, the, the, the current law, I mean, I know it's easier said than done, but the current laws in the UK around surrogacy and stuff. I mean, is it, is it, because it, it's making me, it's, it's triggering me. Yeah, it's making me, me feel really annoyed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. And it's, and I, I have, I've, luckily I, I know Carrie Johnson and we've been speaking a bit about it. Um, mm. And when Boris was prime minister and I was like, let's, let's have a drink and sit, sit down and properly discuss how on earth we can try and help. And only Boris is out now, so we can't, can't do that so much. But uh, when he, <laughs> when he was, it was a discussion that we were going to sit there because she's very, she wants to make change as well. She wants to make changes. Um, she's very mm. LGBT friendly and wants to, wants to do every, everything. She's a huge uh, gay ally. This is what we are doing. And the reason why we're doing podcasts, the reason we had a massive piece in the Sunday Times and the coronation issue, um, to talking about how we can try and change, change laws. Um, and it's starting to be talked about a lot more. This hasn't been discussed for 35 years at all. The laws no. haven't been changed. So it's incredibly archaic. And as, as we were saying before, you're allowed to, you're not allowed to do this in the NHS. And so, but women can, men can't. So that's another slightly difficult thing because you're not allowed to use a surrogate in Britain, but obviously uh, women have wombs. So they're, that's, they're allowed to put it in. They're allowed to be the, be the host yeah. as such. Um, yeah. But men are allowed to make embryos on the NHS if you're lucky enough in the postcode lottery, but uh, you're not allowed to use a surrogate. That's illegal. So that's it. If you don't have any money as a same-sex male couple, you can't have children. You can get so on how, adoption. So how has it made you hard. feel, oh. Ollie? How, how, is, how has it made you feel, this whole this whole kind of look into this world? I, I think more than anything, incredibly frustrated. There's so mm. much excitement, but also you sit there and go, this has cost us excess of quarter of a million pounds, I reckon so far whoa and don't get me wrong i'm 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 from a privileged family but that, that's that's money that i've earned myself that we've saved up and we've used all our savings that we have done for the last how many years of tv and, and working hard to try and gain that money to do so we've spent an, a lot of our savings on trying to do this 
if someone wasn't in that position, they just can't have children. And that seems, and on the government website, I believe, I, I read one day, and this breaks my heart, that men having babies is a luxury on the Gov website. What? God. And you sit there and so you go, wrong. this is just the most ridiculous thing in the world. And yeah, I mean, I know someone that couldn't afford it and they, they had to have their mother as a surrogate. Mm. You, you're allowed to do it. Is that oh. what people do? They have like mums, sisters, friends, like they just hope that there is somebody in their life that's willing to, to I guess, yeah, do it. You can be a surrogate up to 52 years old. Because as long as you're still menstruating, that's a, that's that you can you, you can you can do it. Um, so yeah, a friend of ours used their mum who was fifty one. Oh my god! So because they they physically couldn't they couldn't afford to do it other way because the NHS doesn't give it to you. There's no program. The, the, uh, sorry, I, I'm getting a bit erratic now because it's it is so upsetting and so annoying. Mm. Because and that's what we're going to try and do. We've been incredibly lucky to be able to do this, but so many people can't. And the idea that having a baby is a luxury makes you feel fit, like makes you feel sick. That's not everyone should, deserves to be a parent if of they course. want to be. And it's just it's very upsetting. I didn't expect this to go down this route, by the way. No, <laughs> no, it's inter- no, no, it's really interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. And I get, I guess, having had those conversations with your doctors, and you know, maybe I don't know if you went and spoke to your GP or you went down the NHS route to begin with, or whether you directly went private. But I imagine if those conversations were were had, you would feel completely marginalised and, you know, oh, well, you know, there's plenty of children to be... That's one of my gripes when people go, oh, there's so many children that need adopting. Of course they, there are, of course there are, but that shouldn't mean that I can't try and have a child of my own yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, yes, and most people that said, why didn't you adopt, have never adopted themselves. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so that is, I always find, and also that's not something that we were writing off, but the adoption process is incredibly difficult and yeah. really hard. I know a friend of mine that, that did it in Spain, this is heartbreaking, did it in Spain. They, they had a baby that was newborn and um, the baby's now seven, little girl. She's lived the most wonderful life with two gay parents, having the most wonderful time. And the mother's asked for it back and they've had to send the baby back at seven. <sighs> You're joking. You can't, well, well, that's not possible, is it? It is in Spain, yeah. I just don't Ado- know what to say about adoption that. Adoption in the UK is 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 very different and 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 a, 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 a much, much um, easier, I believe, and the laws like that aren't there. But, again, adoption is not the easiest thing in the world either. No, it's no. not. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? And there are so many hurdles. Like, I mean, I know this is like a thing, but you can't smoke. Well, okay, fine. You know, we all know smoking's bad, but that's like cutting down so many people who could possibly adopt. Or you can't have a BMI of X to adopt. Really? Whereas, you know, yeah, there's there's all these weird oh. sort of like, I mean, they kind of make sense, but... If you stole a, 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 a curly-whirly in, in Tesco's <laughs> in 2002... Exactly. Uh, you're, you're not allowed to do it. Exactly, it's all these a sort of weird things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a dime bar, it's just, any of yeah. the chocolate range. Yeah, the I mean, <laughs> there, there's just so many hurdles that just feel like they're just... Computer says in no. place for a computer says sort no. Sort of things, yep, yep. rather than there's no kind of common sense element there. That's the same thing as surrogates as well. If you want to go to an agency and try and find a surrogate, that's the same thing. If you're, if the husband had had any kind of criminal offence when he was 18 years old, you're not allowed to be a surrogate. Like they, they will say, no, 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 that's not right for you. Yeah. Do, do we think that there's going to be a shift or a change at any point? Like we're obviously having these these brilliant conversations, um, but it's some parts of it, like we're 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 sort of fleshing out today seem very archaic or at least just very kind of well it's not very 2023 is it so do we think there's going to be a change I personally think that it depends which government we have um, right. and I don't want to go down the politics um, route enormously but the shadow health secretary Wes Streeting is a gay guy um, and he is a friend of mine and I know that that is something that will be important to him yeah, to yeah. change yeah. that so if yeah. Labour do get in I think as a, a gay man that I assume, I imagine at some point, he will probably want to go down that route. That's close to his heart. Yes. And so as someone that is number one in power at that point, I think that's where change will happen. And I personally mm. think he should be prime minister, but that's another discussion altogether. Yeah. You come back on when we do a political <laughs> podcast about parenting. I guess sort of looking <laughs> forward slightly, um, you know, you're going to be parents very imminently. What are you most looking forward to? The adventure beginning, I think... People always say that as soon as you, um, as soon as you have a baby, you're no longer the lead character in your own book. And I've never been more excited about taking a step back from my own world and going into theirs. And this is their adventure, and this is their lives, and I am there to try and make them the happiest children and the happiest lives in the world. We've spent all this money and all this, all this time and emotion uh, trying to do this because we want to create little lives that are just heaven they can have the most amazing life and fine it might not always be plain sailing but that's what life's about but we will be there holding their hands throughout the heart i just want them to go on an adventure and mm. and just live a life that that they can do whatever they want to do and that's what i will always support them to do that whatever yeah i think that's so lovely what about you and gareth in terms of your roles as parents like what sort of parents do you think you'd like to be kindness and manners i believe are the two the two of the uh, the most important things there are i said you could do whatever you want but that's the most important things you can possibly have i think a child i will do everything we possibly can to make sure that not only that is a priority but um but yeah i i, I just Again, I, I think about it in a slightly different way. I, I feel this, this is very much their lives and we're just going to try and guide them through in the best way. We're incredibly yeah. excited about just, just being parents and... Yeah, we're almost, we're almost the, t yeah. we're sort of the we, 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 we say this, Georgia, we sort of say that it's all about, I mean, it's all about them and shaping them not to turn into absolute... It's not always about us. You know, yeah. it's not about us. It's more about their journey. And actually, we're just sort of passengers on it, just trying to make sure that they don't steer off course and do anything completely disastrous. And all of us have learned so much in our lives that we go, mm. well, don't try and not make those mistakes because we've yeah. done that. 
Yeah. But also, that's what I was going to say. Equally, I sometimes think making mistakes is the only way you learn. And like we talk about it, Zoe, don't we? Like when, when you sort of pull it apart, all we're doing is raising we're trying to just raise the, the next generation and hoping that they're nice and happy, right? That's what we ultimately, that's our job, isn't it? We're raising humans that are nice and they're happy. But sometimes if you're trying to guide them, I mean, I wouldn't listen to my parents when I was 17 if they told me, oh, I did that. Sometimes making the mistake is the best thing to do. And yeah. I guess it's our job to hope that they make this small mistakes rather than the massive ones. The monumental ones, like turning yeah. into psychopathic murder. There is one yeah. massive rule that I <laughs> yeah. will have. Go yeah, on. Go. And the one rule, and I just, because I just think it's gaming is a waste of life. I firmly believe it. <laughs> I just think, and I can't stand it. I just, it drives me mad when friends of mine are spending three hours a day on Call of Duty and you're like, that's such a waste of life. Go and do something else. So I'm, I'm going to say you're allowed, if you're, if they want to be a gamer, do that, but then you have to watch Dave Latimer <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Half an hour of Call of Duty, an hour of I David Attenborough like to just balance man, it out. I be like, I just can't, I, I mean, I just, I want them to live their lives and not be on computer games the whole time. I just hate, I, Gareth was offered by the, the lovely company and said, oh, oh, you're allowed a PlayStation 5. And I said, no, this is uh, oh two months God. before it came out. Thank and God you like, did oh, that. And I said, no. Thank God you did that because it can kill your sex life and kill your relationship. Me and my ex-boyfriend used to spend so much time gaming that we stopped having sex. We stopped having sex because we would sit up until three o'clock in the morning gaming together and then we'd be too knackered and we'd have, I got carpal tunnel. I mean, it is a disaster. I can't believe this. I didn't, so I didn't know this about couldn't you. Couldn't even have a you, after that either. You, no, I couldn't. You can't move your wrists. What? You used to be a gamer. Oh, I was heavily into gaming in my late 20s. <laughs> so heavily. This is so weird. <laughs> Did you have a game of preference? Was it like old school? Was it like Crash Bandicoot? Was it like something old? (laughs) (laughs) Call of Duty. Was it in colour? I had a headset. It wasn't in colour. And there was a little, there was like a hamster that was just generating the power running next to it. Do you know what? When I first moved in with my now husband, he had a PlayStation and I used to, and he said to me, right, I'm growing up now. He was only like 21 or something at the time. When this PlayStation dies, that's it. I'll never play another game again. So every night before bed, I used to give it a kick, a kick, a kick. And like, no joke, we're like, what, 13, 14 years on now. And he's never bought another ga- gaming device. Well done, George. Once that died, that was it. That was in the George, contract. That was that the rule. So I'm, nailed I'm, it. I'm pleased with that. Exactly. So, but yes, now, I, I mean, I, if it means so sex, maybe I should actually get him one back and then he can stop being such a pest. <laughs> maybe there can be I can, that's maybe a good thing that's maybe a good marketing thing that you could put in some little messaging to shag your wife uh, during Call of Duty or something like that I'd be like you must shag your wife like, there's something in that maybe, maybe subliminal messages did you see that meme on them it was on Instagram it was a reel on, on Instagram the other day and it was a woman trying to um trying to affect her husband's targeted ads. Yes. So she, so she was going over to his phone going, therapy, therapy for couples, uh, diamond rings, diamond rings, bracelets, <laughs> holidays to the Maldives. It's so funny. It. There's something in it. It's genius. Oh, it. um, Ollie, let's talk about, um, I want to talk about, because um, obviously you get a lot of support and you've got, you know, a lot of people in your camp, including us right near the top. Um, but I'm wondering how you deal with any negativity, obviously being so visible on Made in Chelsea. What is that arena like for you? I'm going to be completely honest, and this is not the usual situation. I get very, very, very little negativity. Great. 
I, that is brilliant. Great. Most people come on and say, yeah, I deal with it. It's the, I literally, I can count on five hands how many comments I've had in my life. Like, really oh my God, amazing. So lucky. That's really and good. And I think yeah. I've always tried to be as kind as I possibly can on the show. I always look after my girls. Maiden Chelsea's primarily, primarily a female um, audience. And I think it's because I, I look after the girls. I'm, I'm a gay best friend to a lot of people. And, yeah. and that's something that I... I, I, I feel incredibly lucky to feel that I am a part of that gay best. A lot of gay best friend is quite a controversial thing. A lot of people don't like that kind of thing because they're like, oh, we're not brooches or we're not like accessories to a girl. I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> I love I love being Binky's best friend. I love that. That's something that I really enjoy being. And it's something that you can speak to a gay best friend in a different way, I believe, to any other yeah. male friend. And I, and I, again, might be old school me saying this, but this is something that, again, this is my life. It's the way I choose to be it. And I think being a gay best friend is something I adore doing, adore being. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like an accessory. I don't feel like that. I think it's absurd to say. Um, I feel like I'm in a very privileged position to be to to have an audience on the show that that believe that I am their best friend as well. So when yeah. I meet them and they come up to me in Sir House and say I'm having a really shit day, you go, okay, well, you're right. And they they believe they t- tell me their darker secrets and on a night out. They can chat. And I to love you. that because I'm not going to go anywhere with it. Will you share the babies or Made in Chelsea? Whichever platform we're going to go down with showing the babies, they will 100% be there. Oh, I felt a little. Uh, there yeah. might be a little. It, there might be a little exclusive there. What was yeah. your, what were you about to say? Whichever platform, Willie. <laughs> whichever platform. Um, <laughs> who knows where. But it will be um, it will be documented. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's exciting. So we will see more of them. So we will. We'll feel like we know them. And the way you'll see it's probably not that you've ever a way you've ever seen it before, which is very exciting. Okay. This is, this is Amazing. Good. This is great. Um, now we like to ask our guests on the podcast um, the best piece of advice that they have ever been given. Um, as well, you're soon to be a parent. You're a parent already. So is there any bit of advice that you'll be taking into your parenting journey? I always love the one: be yourself. Everyone else is taken. I I think that's quite sweet and I think that's a lovely one. Um, advice, again, that's an accumulation of, of everything you've ever done wrong in your life and put it into mm. one box and then come out mm. with, with a, a scroll at the end and sit there and be like, ah, that's the secret to what I should learn. Yeah. So every, yeah. every advice is individual, isn't it? I like that one though. Be yourself, be yourself everyone else is taken. And I think when you go, when you become a parent, you that lack of identity, you probably need to hear that I daily. think that's very much that. And just oh, <laughs> yeah. also, I think... Uh, we, uh, this world at the moment is getting madder and madder and madder. And I just, I, I just believe in kindness more than anything in the world, if you can yeah. be. I really do. And I just, it's, I think it's maybe cliche, maybe whatever, but I just, kindness and smiling and talking to people on the tube and stuff like that. I just wish people would do it more. London's mm. a very lonely place. And when we, yeah. I moved to London when I was 19 years old, having known one, one person in my life. That was literally one person. And I had a girlfriend up there. I was from Southampton. And, I worked as a cleaner in a nightclub, 151, for two and a half years. And I got to know everyone I possibly can. And I would use my money. I'd get 50 quid a night. And I would use my money to go up to Bista and buy myself an Oswald Botang shirt and make myself look like the manager, even though I was the cleaner. And through that, wow, I, would be, I that. would be given a couple of, a couple, not many people do. Uh, I, I, would give, I would be given drinks tokens. And if I saw someone in the, in the corner crying or breaking up their boyfriend, stuff like that, I'd go and give them a token and be like, there's go, go to the bar, go and have a drink on me kind of thing. Luckily, I know the barman, so he would, he would give me free drinks anyway. But um, those tokens were meant for that. And I would give them to other people to do that. And that's how I got to know everyone in London. And within seven years, I was running the nightclubs. 
and so wow. that it was it was just speaking to people and being kind I think I love mm. that mm. and you've mentioned that you've already got like the nursery ready and all that kind of stuff so what kind of products have you been buying <laughs> we've got pretty much everything sorted really apart from baby grows we need to buy an awful lot of those we haven't done that yet but we've got all the big bits we've got the buggies we've got the car seats we've got all that all that kind of stuff um my husband has a penchant for uh, ralph lauren baby clothing which is costing a fortune um <laughs> and so our entire wardrobe is better than mine in ralph lauren i think it's every parent's right of passage to buy, the, buy that stuff we've all done it i was thinking, exactly. sitting there thinking i've done exactly the same thing yeah well, you know what they have said, they said, so don't waste your money on all that. They'll only grow out of it. Well, you know what? With heartache and troubles and whatever like that, there's got to yeah. be some joy in preparing for a baby. And that's our joy is to go and buy Exactly. Products. And it's completely up to you. And you've you've written a book, a children's book. So do you want to just tell us about that before we go? Yeah. So um, I wrote the first of a series of books uh, that I've got. I've got two books out a year now for the foreseeable. And they're called The Faraway Adventures of Henry Boggett. And they're about a little boy who finds magic in London by going through the blue plaques on the walls where people used to live and back into their world. So not only is it educational, it's a fabulous, magical kind of bedtime story uh, for parents to enjoy with, with their kids, I reckon from five five up, I'd say. But um, the first one's Herb Merville who wrote Moby Dick. So he goes back into 1851 uh, and has this adventure with the big white whale and and goes on Pequod, the boat, and, and goes on their original story of Moby Dick. This sounds incredible. Please, 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 can you send us a couple of copies for our kids, yeah. please? Yeah. 100%, of course. Yeah, um, amazing. Good really luck with it. I just, think it's, I just think it's a gorgeous premise. And, and the next one we've got coming up is is a fabulous, more Christmassy version that goes through another plaque. And it's a really, it's just, I love, I love the idea of bedtime stories. Something I am excited about being a father is to be able to sit there and do bedtime stories. Yeah, I bet you can't wait to read them to your own children. Before the wine. Before the pre-wine. With same the wine. time. Same time. Wine With the wine. wine on the wine on the side of the bed. <laughs> yeah. Bedtime the wine. Bedtime wine. Exactly. <laughs> wine down. <laughs> Ollie, thank you so much for coming on. Good luck. Please come back on when you've got two little babies. One in each oh my god, yes, please, please. We would love to chat to you again. Good luck with it all. And um, thank you so much for being so honest today. It's been a real treat. Pleasure. Thank you, my goodness. Oh, he is such an incredible man, isn't he? Like, he's a gorgeous human. Yeah, yeah. he is. He's just got a, a really wonderful energy. And I just love the way he's not afraid to be a bit vulnerable and sort of lay all his cards on the table and say things how they are. And I just, I think it's amazing that he, he wanted to share, you know, all of those moments of finding out mm. about, you know, whether the IVF was successful and all of that on screen. Because actually, like, that's pretty selfless to do that you know a lot of people Mm. would want to protect those moments but he's doing it so that people see what really goes on yeah and also you know it it was it was I think it was very brave of him to discuss the sort of financials behind it as well and I'm sure now, there's going to be some of you listening that, you know, are thinking, you know, he even highlighted it himself. He comes from a very privileged background and there's there's no sort of escaping that side of it. But he also said that he's worked his socks off to save the money for it and it's cost X amount to do it. And, you know, if you're not in a position that, you, you know, that, you, that you're able to get that money together somehow, that's that equals no baby. 
that equals yeah. no baby and it, it, it's, it's wrong it's wrong it no it really is and also when you sort of people do usually sort of beat around the bush with figures and when he's kind of laid it out there like this is how much it costs it really puts it into perspective for mm. so many people that is just not a possibility and how is mm. that fair in like you know we're in 2023 how is it fair that that's what's standing between somebody being able to have a baby and not like it just mm. seems horrendous actually yeah we've got to we've got to do something about it we've got to keep having these chats and we're super grateful for ollie um for coming on the podcast and being so honest and open with us we love you and we can't wait to meet the twins um as always we'd love you to rate review subscribe and please give the podcast a little follow if you have time yeah and if there's any guests that you'd like to hear from then please do drop us a dm on instagram we're on at made by mamas and we'll be back on friday Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.